Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hi, guys. Hope the week is starting off wonderful for you. <laughs> I am feeling much better. The body I'm inhabiting is recovering nicely. <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to start off with some amazing stories that I discovered this afternoon on Shanti Universe which is a pod, I mean, not a podcast. It's a YouTube channel and it's all about earth changes and wild things that are happening around the globe. So I did mention that there was a bomb cyclone that occurred. Oh gosh. In the past week or two. And it was hard hitting mostly in Nebraska, but between pretty much Idaho all the way to Minnesota, like the whole U S and it was pretty bad. It was very cold weather, ice and snow, and um, in some cases, like freezing rain. And the snow that fell was like a foot of snow, and it was pretty intense weather. Well, guess what, guys? If you are anywhere between uh, Wyoming to Minnesota, this is going to happen again this week. They, the scientists are expecting, the climatologists are expecting a new bomb cyclone to hit so batten down the hatches mateys it's going to be another cold one another wet one uh, just do what you can to grab your supplies make sure you have enough dry firewood and um food in case you get shut in for a week or two i don't know where you're at but they do say it's expected to hit the same areas as before, but just like an hour north. So if you were lucky enough that this went just south of you, you might be in the path of it this time. So please take care. My thoughts and prayers are with you guys and just keep focusing on love and the light. Um, another story today <laughs> this one's gonna be another snakiness I don't know why all the snake news comes to me but it finds its way in <laughs> the largest python ever discovered in the Florida Everglades was just discovered in the past week it took many many men to hold it up it was a hundred and 40 pounds it had eggs 73 eggs in it I know that's gonna just send some of you running to the bathroom to barf it out <laughs> sorry guys or it might give you the willies but I'm gonna not end on a snaky note so keep listening <laughs> Um, this snake was 17 feet 
long. 17 feet. Holy cow. Well, probably could eat a cow with that. <laughs> Ooh-wee, that's such a big snake. But it was a python. And uh, they are an invasive species in the Florida Everglades. They don't normally belong there. I'm assuming that snakes of this variety get there by people going, oh darn, I can't really handle having a pet snake I bought illegally or I bought it at a pet store. So I'm just going to go put it in the wild because that's where snakes belong. (laughs) A lot of people do that. They do this with koi fish, which grow ginormous and ruin habitats. Um, people do this with a lot of creatures, especially in Florida. It's like they don't understand. They haven't gotten the memo that for like 50 to 75 years have already been given to people repeatedly not to do this. Don't take one species from one continent and bring it to another continent. I mean, you do this in, in Australia, that's a $10 million fine and possible jail time. You know, it's. Uh, it's just a no-no people but anyway they did find a 17 foot python and I just thought it was interesting so I'm reporting it (laughs) and letting you guys know um here's some really strange slightly disturbing news in Yellowstone they finally the scientists there geologists have finally released information that they suspected since 2006 but recently they came out and said definitely now it's obvious so you know science it takes time to kind of make an accurate or adequate scientific assessment of a situation and they're saying that finally they discovered between West Turn Lake and Turn Lake in the Yellowstone um, Park, the National Park, where there is a, oh, the biggest volcano on Earth, or one of the biggest underground volcanoes on Earth exists there. They have discovered that there is a hot spot where the magma is coming so close underneath the ground, but it's coming so close up to the surface that there's this massive area of trees that have just died off since 2006 and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger the land itself has gotten hotter and hotter and hotter and then there's some seepage of um you know uh sulfur or sulfurous um gas coming from the ground and in the past in different areas of yellowstone there has been massive die-offs of buffalo and deer mostly near the lake and there's even been hot springs that there was one guy who thought, oh, cool, hot spring tells his sister, I'm going to hop in. And he freaking hopped in and, and um, his bones came right back up because it was acid. Duh. Don't, do not, do not thin out the herd by hopping into a random vat of what you're assuming is safe water. Don't ever do that. Don't ever go off the beaten path, especially at Yellowstone because... I mean, you're probably going to end up in that book where they talk about the world's stupidest deaths. <laughs> That's not a good way to go. It's a funny way to go out. I mean, you know, honestly, I do appreciate the humor. 
but I'm a Hayoka lightning shaman and I've been walking with death for a long time. So I kind of see the humor in a lot of this stuff, but please don't release snakes into the wild in Florida and don't go swimming in random vats of something. You don't know what is in it (laughs) in yellow stone. Now this next news, you're going to be happy with me because it's nothing scary or weird or gross or (laughs) nothing scary. So this next one is pretty cool. I love this one. There will be this month a pink moon. So now a couple months ago, we remember we had the blood red moon or the red moon or the blood moon. There's many different names for it. Well, April is going to shape up to be a wonderful bit of astronomy fun. Now this pink moon (laughs) is going to be a full pink moon and it's going to be fully illuminated as the moon will be on the opposite side of the earth, but fully illuminated by the sun. And the reason why it appears to be pink is that apparently there's pink moss on the moon that gets illuminated in just a certain way when the angle is just right between the sun and the moon and well the earth this moon has been given many names by many native american tribes it's also known as the full fish moon the sprouting grass moon the growing moon and the egg moon. So I don't know if that means (laughs) pickled eggs or deviled eggs. Aren't they kind of pink? Okay. Probably not what they mean. (laughs) Only, only, uh, the white settlers have invented something that disgusting. (laughs) Ugh. Whoever thought about putting vinegar on eggs. Ooh, it's so gross to me. Actually in Chinese, culture they have the hundred year old eggs I think they might soak them in vinegar maybe they just smell like it I don't know (laughs) Ew, gross okay so April actually will be shaping up to be a fun another fun astronomical month so we were also or we are also in store for uh, Mercury being available on the horizon for us to view for your viewing pleasure, April 11th, that's in three days. You'll probably hear this on the 9th. So you got about two days to prepare. You've got to get up very, very, very early in the morning. Hearing this kind of advice for me means I have to stay up very, very, very late into the night because I'm not a morning person. You might be, but I am not. (laughs) But in order for you to witness the beauty and glory of mercury it's going to be extremely low on the eastern horizon just before sunrise on april 11th that would be the closest that mercury will be to earth i guess this year uh the full pink moon by the way i think i did mention that will be on April 19th. So the first event in the sky will be April 11th, which will be first thing in the morning. April 19th is going to be the full pink moon. And then on April 22nd 
and April 23rd, you're going to be able to see the Lyrids Meteor Shower. Yay! You will be able to see if you go out to the countryside where there is no light pollution and it's relatively dark around you, you'll be able to witness 20 meteors per hour. So grab your sweetie and a blanket or your best friend and a vat of whiskey, (laughs) maybe some popcorn, and go head out at night on the 22nd, 23rd. Maybe a camping trip is in order if you live in a warm enough climate. Why not? Just go enjoy, well, God's fireworks in the form of a meteor shower. The Lyrid's meteor shower is coming from cosmic space dust that is basically being sloughed off of a comet that has a bunch of names and letters because scientists yet one more time did not bother to give it a damn name. (sighs) I'm officially naming this comet Pinky Trescadero in honor of the pink full moon. So, go enjoy Comet Pinky Trescadero. And you heard that name here first, folks. (laughs) Well, okay, first you've heard it on Happy Days, but who's counting? (laughs) Anyway, go check it out and let me know if you want to send me an email or a quick voice message on anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. I would love to hear your experiences of God's beautiful nature that he created and sent to us to enjoy it's all for our viewing pleasure and i love i love stuff like this honestly nature is the bomb baby (laughs) anyway um i have a little bit of schumann resonance news uh tonight before we get into tonight's topic which will be all about hypnosis You might learn some things you didn't know, and maybe we will dispel some myths that maybe perhaps you've believed your whole life, or maybe I'll enlighten you on a topic you've never heard of. (laughs) Either way, stick around um, after the Schumann Resonance News and a word from one of our sponsors. I will come back and talk all about hypnosis. So in Schumann Resonance News, Today And as you know, the Schumann Resonance generally has for thousands of years (laughs) been resonating at a very steady stream of 7.83 hertz. And only in the past few years have scientists been noticing that, oh my gosh, it's getting higher and higher and higher. Why is that? It's the heartbeat of the earth. (laughs) I don't want to put it to that Gaia is having a heart attack, but the spirit of the planet Gaia has left the third dimension and so have we. In case you haven't noticed all the weird, wild, wonderful symptoms of the ascension flu that you have experienced over the past three to five years, in case you haven't really been noticing it, (laughs) maybe you've been racing, racing to the doctor every month or two going, doctor, what the heck is going on? And your doctor says absolutely nothing. You're cracking up and you just are having random symptoms that aren't really medical. (laughs) Hopefully that's not been you. Hopefully you've been aware and awakened and enlightened and you understand that we are collectively as humans going through a waking up process. We are ascending to the fifth dimension. The end of the schematic has already passed. Um, The 3D is no more. 
You might have remnants of things that you have to get rid of emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, or sometimes physically. Like I'm going through uh, some symptoms right now. Um, my body got sick. Uh, and it's probably just remembering some of the crap I went through as a child. And I've been remembering and missing my childhood. So I think it might be related to that might be related to past lives. But, um, as I go through this process of eliminating the illness in the body I'm inhabiting and I'm getting a little bit more sleep and taking care of this body, I've noticed since we hit the fifth dimension on April 1st, my hair is not really growing out white anymore. It's growing back red <laughs> like it was years and years ago. I've gotten younger. I'm getting younger. <laughs> I'm excited about that. <laughs> not aging anymore. I'm youthing. I've stopped the cellular degeneration process and deterioration process and the aging process is no more. But I've often said I'm 29. I'm going to be 29 forever, guys. <laughs> so the Schumann resonance, when it hits 40 hertz, that means that it's the bottom rung of the fifth dimension. <laughs> and in the past 24 hours, it says the scientists report 9 a.m. UTC time. Not much calm today. Again, moderate activity. So far, the amplitude of the frequency after a few hours without peaks from 4 a.m. UTC has returned with movements around 25 hertz. And then it says at 1700 UTC. Today's amplitude remained above 15 hertz for about five hours from 530 to 1030 UTC. As previously reported, the maximum peaks were around 25 hertz in the first hours. So, pretty calm today for the most part. Um, last month on the 17th, we reached well over 150 hertz. I expect that's coming again. It was three months in a row like that. I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell. Anyway, guys, I am going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I am going to teach you the very basics of hypnosis and what hypnosis can be used for? What can you go to see a hypnotherapist about that will change your life after this? The word hypnosis originates from the name of the Greek god of sleep, his name being Hypnos. So it's just right that we would call this thing hypnosis, right? <laughs> if I were to go to Wikipedia, and I have, <laughs> this is what it says. Hypnosis is a human condition involving focused attention, reduced peripheral awareness, and an enhanced capacity to respond to suggestion. The term may also refer to an art, a skill, or an act of inducing hypnosis. Well, 
For the most part, that's that's correct, except one thing. You do not have reduced peripheral awareness. You have actually heightened peripheral awareness. So that word reduced is wrong and it's a misnomer. Basically, uh, when you are under hypnosis in the most, uh, most levels that you would go to a therapist for, uh, you will be more, more heightened in your awareness. In fact, almost to a hyper state of awareness. So you don't just fall asleep in the chair, wake up an hour later and wondering what happened to you during that hour. It's not like an alien abduction. You're definitely going to be um, relaxed and extremely focused. You're going to be focused in a way in which you are never focused before. <laughs> and that's where the therapeutic changes come from because you're really concentrating heavily. So that's an okay description. Let's see what we have on um, psychology today. <clears throat> I'm just seeing what's around the internet and what what's real, what's not, what's kind of a misconception and, you know, Okay, uh, hypnosis. Uh, according to psychology today, it says it's a technique for putting someone into a state of heightened concentration where they are more suggestible. It says therapists use hypnosis, also referred to as hypnotherapy or hypnotic suggestion, to help patients break bad habits such as smoking, or achieve some other positive change like losing weight. They accomplish this with the help of mental imagery and soothing verbal repetition. See, just like that, (laughs) in case it was too subtle for you, (laughs) that eases the patient into a trance-like state. Once relaxed, patients' minds are more open to transformative messages. Hypnosis can also help people cope with negative emotional states like stress and anxiety, as well as pain, fatigue, insomnia, mood disorders, and more. And that's true. That's actually a much better description. So I don't have to uh, (laughs) lambast psychology today. Uh, (laughs) I met a friend of mine who is a hypnotherapist, um, because I was, I was in Barnes and Noble and I happened to see that psychology today had an article a few years ago, about 10 years ago or so about hypnosis. And I thought, huh, this is rich. We'll see how well they do. And, um, I was reading the article and this guy comes up to me and he says, I read that article. Don't believe everything you read. And I'm all, Oh, trust me. I don't. He goes, well, hypnosis is this and that blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you sound like you went to hypnosis motivation institute and he said i did i i just graduated and i'm like i did too (laughs) i've been a certified clinical hypnotherapist for a lot of years and he was like what and he said he wished he would have been there when dr kappas dr john kappas had been alive and i'm like well he was my teacher so he is the one who started hypnosis motivation institute And, um, he was Greek and he loved the fact that hypnos was the Greek God. 
of hypnosis. <laughs> he had a special certain pride in that, I think, to be honest with you. And as far as I know, his son, George Kappas, is still running the school. It's in Tarzana, California. You can attend as a part of a residency or a or an online in an online capacity if you wish to learn hypnosis and how to become a hypnotherapist they don't really teach stage hypnosis but they give hints and tips if you wanted to go that route they don't teach you how to have stage presence or anything like that because it's a it's a therapeutical therapeutical there to therapize you <laughs> Oh, and here comes our thing we have to turn off. I turned it off. I didn't know what happened. The hawk had to speak, I guess. <laughs> okay, so, God, earlier I was recording this, and my friend, actually my first Spanish teacher in Guatemala that taught my kids how to speak Spanish, called me five minutes in to this episode. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> but it was cool. It was really wonderful to hear her voice and she's learning English. And <laughs> I'd moved from the Bay Area to Guatemala and learned Spanish from her. And now she lives in Guatemala. I mean, now she lives in the Bay Area and no longer in Guatemala. So <laughs> it's like we were just displaced. Anyway, so basically... I learned from what I consider to be one of the best at the time when I went to Hypnosis Motivation Institute in 1997, they were the only federally accredited institution for hypnosis in the United States. You know, uh, the federal government only recognized one in the whole country and that was it. And my husband and I graduated at the top of our class. 2,500 people were at the graduation ceremony. He and I did not attend because he had a crazy ex-wife that threatened to come to our graduation and, well, murder us. <laughs> uh, so we didn't go to our own graduation because of a crazy lady. But sometimes I regret that. But <laughs> I don't know if she actually went or not. <laughs> But, um, but we were number one and number two out of 2,500 people. And since he died, I can reasonably say that I am number one, at least from our graduating class <laughs> of 1997. So, um, I learned how to hypnotize people in my first week and it took a month to perfect my techniques and then it took a year and a half to learn how to apply hypnotherapy or hypnosis in every possible scenario with any and every possible thing that could pop, that could ever come up. So as far as um, treating people with heroin addiction or people who have been raped or who have multiple personality or anything, the only thing that we cannot treat with hypnosis is schizophrenia and psychotic disassociative disorders everything else can be helped 99% of the population can be hypnotized 1% cannot well they think they cannot I know how to hypnotize them because I went to the best school 
and and um, I know how to hypnotize literally everybody except for again the people with schizophrenic disorders and psychotic disorders and there's a telltale sign if they don't know they have these disorders when you start to hypnotize them they their whole body will start to spin kind of like in a circle not spin not like <laughs> not like an owl's head or a sit and spin <laughs> But they kind of start rocking in a circular fashion when they get hypnotized. And it's really weird. I hypnotized somebody that had that and I said, okay, you're done. You feel better? <laughs> it took him right out of it. I'm like, all right, you're done. Okay. <sighs> I don't know if he was really psychotic or not, but I wasn't going to take any chances. <laughs> and I learned... Um, vocational and avocational self-improvement is what we were trained to focus on so the deeper harder intense issues like suicide or you know homicidal tendencies we have to refer that immediately out to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and if the person's already seen a psychologist or psychiatrist we can work in conjunction with them to get the person to a better state uh, mentally uh, right away so the initial person who actually gave any kind of distinct concept of hypnosis to the world lived from 1734 to 1815 and that was Franz Anton Mesmer he was a charismatic healer in the 18th century so it's been about 200 years and he just kind of felt like there was something to do with the heavenly bodies and there's a direct influence between that and magnetism and he used magnets to grab the gravitational pull of the earth and the things of the sky and he pretty much put on a crazy freaking show and this led to a lot of people copying him and it all was kind of a jumbled mess to be honest he did a lot of theatrical rituals that are extremely like elaborate and he applied magnets to people's bodies and he would say things and even though he was very sloppy and clumsy and he's coming up with he's trying to come up with a new thing you know he's kind of a charlatan maybe or maybe not but he's just trying to do it what well, he did on stage in front of people so a lot of times if you see a stage hypnotist they might be called a um, mesmerizer <laughs> using Franz Anton Mesmer's last name, Mesmer, to mesmerize is kind of the same thing as to hypnotize somebody, even though he coined the phrase hypnosis after the Greek god hypnos. And basically he would give suggestions to people while he was doing this, but he didn't really know what the heck he was doing. And people incidentally would get better because they would kind of, you know, be in a state of environmental hypnosis, which is when you're on stage and you have a million eyes on you and you've agreed to be there, you've already agreed to go into a state of hypnosis, whether this guy knew it or not. It was an automatic, it's like a bing. <laughs> and so anything you say to the people, of course, they're going to get better, especially if they're extremely suggestible. A somnambulist person is a person who is very, very suggestible, and that's about 10% of the population. And I myself, I am a somnambulist. 
And because I know that, I know when people are trying to mess with me, when they're trying to make a sale and they're trying to get me in their power or their grip so that they can manipulate me into buying something. And I have learned through my hypnotherapy training (laughs) how to constantly stay in a state of continual um, awareness without slipping into the somnambulist stage of, of hypnotherapy. I mean, this is, I was very suggestible, man. I'd buy anything from anybody, you know, show me anything on TV after two o'clock in the morning. And it was in my house in a month (laughs) only because it took three weeks to get there. You know, when I was very young, when I was 18 and 19, I was always, always had insomnia and I was always falling for this crap. And, um, now I don't even watch TV, but you know, that was like going back 32, 33 years ago. So, um, basically a lot of his techniques were strange and they became very popular and then they became associated with the occult. But there was a Manchester surgeon who saw that there was maybe something to his animal magnetism theory of, you know, that Mesmer had. And he decided to um, look into it and he created a more of a therapeutic state of hypnosis Um, and that was like in 1843. So, I mean, like 30 something years later, he's like, you know, there might be something to this. And he wanted to legitimize the psychological, um, phenomena. You know, he thinks that there's maybe it had nothing to do with actual magnets, but there was a reason that, you know, maybe people are getting better. And he thought maybe there's something to the human mind, you know, the human imagination, the way we think. I mean, this was before, well before the law of attraction, right? So he came along and a lot of other things came along. I mean, there was a hermetic order, the Golden Dawn. They was founded by Aleister Crowley. And he liked the idea of the magnetic theories of mesmerism. So he took it in a more occult way. And then the Christian science people came along and the ideas of faith healing and curing with your mind. And I don't know, Christian science, you know, sure has its place. But I mean, I used to be friends many, many years ago with somebody who worked for um, Jane Russell, the famous movie starlet of the 1950s and 60s. And she was best friends with Marilyn Monroe, in case you don't know who she is. She was always the, the buxom brunette. And then in the 70s and 80s, she had these sexy bra commercials. <laughs> and then sometimes she'd show pictures of her old movies, her old westerns on the commercials. They were rather cheesy, but she made a living at it. And um, she was a very sweet and loving human being, and she did a lot for charity. Anyway, um... My friend had worked for uh, Jane Russell and her um, body double from all of her movies was a Christian scientist. And Jane Russell had, a, had suffered many years while watching her body double try to use her mind to cure cancer and just stayed with her the last few months of her life as she just declined into a really horrible state and finally passed away. So, I mean, I don't know. I just... I didn't really know Jane Russell in person, even though I talked to her on the phone a few times when I called my friend at work and Jane had answered the phone and I knew Jane's husband really well in person. 
but um it was very sad to hear the story i mean it was it was hurting um her husband because he told me you know it's she's spending so much time on a woman who won't listen to reason and that was his opinion he was he was a stone cold mofo from texas he was in the air force and the cia he was a colonel in the air force so and he was a texas oil man you can't tell a texas oil man about the cure of the mind you know what i mean so it was pretty sad though i mean everyone that knew her were very concerned because she was spending all this time with this woman and in in the beginning it was just a teeny tiny tumor that she could have had removed immediately so you know hypnosis has its place and it is very effective for everything but i mean if you have something that could be removed in like an hour by a surgeon by all means go do that use common sense use the common sense god gave a goose <laughs> you have at least that if not the common sense god gave a human you know i mean don't ever put yourself in a position of i'm just going to do faith healing now because you know There's a reason God gave us doctors as well. You know, if you break a bone, it's poking through your leg. Are you going to be like, uh, you know, I'm just going to pray it out while you bleed to death slowly. I mean, you know, Ellen um, just did a special called Relatable. If you have Netflix, go check it out. It is hilarious. But she she grew up in a faith healing situation with her family. And there's a hilarious story she tells about that. But anyway, so James Braid decided that hypnotic induction would be a way in which you could relax a person's nervous system. And that you can certainly try to cure them by suggestion while they're relaxed state of mind is is um you know uh, um obvious you know so like when someone is in a state of hypnosis they're in a trance like relaxation maybe if you give them the correct suggestions that might be something so he also came up with physiological explanations of hypnosis but he thought that maybe it was the mental factors that was more important And a lot of people came along later, Ivan Pavlov and um, Charcot. He believed that there was not a neurological explanation at all of hypnosis. And that's not true because there's a definite neurological explanation. But he didn't know that. He was just trying. And that was by the end of the 19th century, his idea was kind of well found to be false and um then there was like later another school that came up by Liebald and Bernheim and let's see I'm looking at this list it's a huge list it's like a lot of people just try to develop their little situation like how did this maybe they could further this idea and theory along and Sigmund Freud he studied under Charcot And he had a very deep interest in hypnosis. And I believe that later Carl Jung did as well. And then the foremost early researchers into what we know as modern day hypnotherapy or clinical 
hypnotherapist, which is what I do. Um, well, it's Clark Hall, and then he had a student called Milton Erickson. And by far and away, Milton Erickson, by God, he came up with a book, um, Hypnosis and Suggestibility is the scientific research. And that's Hulls, I'm sorry, that's Hulls from 1933. But by God, Milton Erickson came up later with Ericksonian hypnosis. And he came up with a book of thousands and thousands and thousands of suggestions. It's an enormous book. And they are, he does um, double bind suggestions. And double bind is... Uh, something that it's almost like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's almost like a, a Japanese cone of the mind. <laughs> and when we use a double bind for people, it's for people that are very stubborn and won't go into hypnosis easily. And we do a double bind and it gets a person relaxed almost twice as fast. So like, um, you imagine that you have a book on your hand and the more you hold your, your hand up, the uh, heavier the book gets and the heavier the book gets, the more, more you ha- hold your hand up. <laughs> and if you want to prove to me that you're in hypnosis, your uh, hand will still stay up. But if your hand falls, you're going to go into hypnosis twice as fast. So, you know, like that example, that's kind of an example. So it's like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you're going to go to hypnosis anyway. You might as well just face it. (laughs) But um, Erickson had come up with thousands and thousands and thousands of amazing suggestions for like every possible medical thing a person could have wrong, any mental, emotional thing a person could have wrong. And he, he dedicated his whole life to this. And I am so happy because all of this led to um, neurolinguistic programming and all kinds of um, other forms of therapy. Later led to EMDR, um, eye movement desensitization, um, and rapidization, I think. I forgot what it's called, EMDR. Um, I mean, if you talk to the person who invented EMDR, EMDR, she says it has nothing to do with NLP and nothing to do with hypnosis, even though the um, professor who owns the school, who's a friend of mine, I'm also a student in that school right now to earn my doctorate in um, uh, uh, art therapy, expressive arts therapy. He told me, he's like, honestly, it's just hypnosis. It's just by another name, to be honest. And there's a very specific protocol and she wanted it to be very exclusive and only people with master's degrees can learn this therapy. But he secretly taught me the therapy, took 10 minutes. I'm like, this is super simple. And he's like, yeah, it is. (laughs) He's like, but you know, when you get your master's, go and get the actual degree from her, make her happy. Don't put your shingle up because she'll try to sue you. And I'm like, okay, Francine or something is her name. But it's kind of, cool though because hypnosis is like a tool that we can use to help heal a lot of stuff that's stuck in the psyche in the subconscious mind and when I went to school I was taught how well I had a conversation with one of the teachers outside of the classes so this is not taught in the school but by this teacher to me directly she taught me 
how to talk to people who've had an alien abduction. That became her specialty for a while. She didn't believe in aliens. She didn't believe in ET. She didn't believe in any of it. But she said, the way I look at it is this. If you're being abducted, that's a problem. We should fix it or try. And if you are not being abducted, but you think you are, that's a problem. We should fix it or we should try. <laughs> she said, either way, it's extremely fascinating. And I never have a boring day at work. <laughs> and she was raising two twins, two twin babies at the time. And she said she loved to just completely get out of her head and go see her clients that were being abducted or thought they were. <laughs> and I mean, for me, I know that alien abduction is real. I've experienced it. I've got scars on my body to prove it. I know I've got implants in my body. I could feel them under the surface of my skin. My uh, good friend in Canada sent me pictures of x-rays that prove that she has uh also implants under her skin thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the United States have been abducted and they also have had implants under their skin and more and more people are coming forward so it's a common thing now and many governments around the world have flat out st stated this is true and it's real and it's happening and our government just released a bunch of documents last year or two years ago so it's a kind of a well-known fact now that it's real not just a speculation that half the people are crazy or whatever. <laughs> but um, basically what I've learned about hypnosis, I'm going to tell you some basics. When you're going about your day, generally speaking, <clears throat> there's, I would have to say at least three times no, four times during your day or during your week in which you are automatically in hypnosis. And this is called environmental hypnosis and it's a natural state of mind. The first 15 minutes in which you wake up, you are in hypnosis. So if you are very negative Nelly and you're going to say not uh, just not good things about yourself, your life, you wake up and say, I hate my life and you suck and this is the worst breakfast ever ate and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the first 15 minutes of your day is going to determine the rest of your day. You wake up super negative like that. You're not going to have a good day or a good life or any good relationships, period. Because you just programmed 80%, 86% of your subconscious mind <laughs> to take that in. <laughs> it's like you have just become an evil hypnotherapist for yourself. So the best way to do it is you wake up in the morning, your feet touch the ground and you go, thank you God for giving me another day. I've got breath in my body and life in my veins and I'm going to get up and I'm grateful for this day. Throw open your curtains, look out or your shades, you look outside and go, oh yeah. Even if it's raining, be grateful that God is washing all the negativity out of the air for you. All the pollution is going, everything is going, and there's an ozone in the air that's healthy for you to breathe. It's uh, negative ions, and be grateful for it. If the sun is out, put your face in the sun for a minute and just say, thank you, God, thank you. Forgive me my vitamin D today. You know, just be super positive. The first 15 minutes are the most important of your day. <laughs> it has nothing to do with breakfast. You don't even have to eat breakfast. In fact, some people say now, maybe skip breakfast if 
you know, if your stomach hurts in the morning or you don't feel like eating and don't ever force it if you're not hungry. I agree with that. <laughs> but um, the first 15 minutes are very important. And if you want, if you have the time and the luxury, stay in bed for those 15 minutes and say those I am statements. Remember from yesterday's podcast, I am, that's what I is the name of God. I am healthy. I am whole. <laughs> I am God incarnate inhabiting a human body. <laughs> I am a child of the divine and I'm 100% loved. I am never alone. I am grateful for every interaction I have with every human being, every living thing. <laughs> Everything has an energy even if it's an inanimate object. I'm grateful for Jasmine, my coffee maker. <laughs> That's mine. Every morning I go, hey Jasmine, let's make some coffee today. Thank you. <laughs> I've done a couple uh, um, inanimate objects that are actually animate um, <laughs> in my podcast so far. So you could go back and look for them if you're new. So the second uh, time in which you are highly likely to be uh, under the influence of environmental hypnosis, which is a natural state of hypnosis that happens um, to every human being. If you are walking along or driving along or riding a bike or doing something that's kind of mundane that you do every day, um, the biggest example I could give is if you're driving along the freeway and as you're driving along the freeway, you start to think about your life and thinking about different things and you're planning your dinner and you're thinking about your breakfast or an argument you had or a wonderful experience you had, whatever it is you're thinking about. And you kind of go on autopilot. And when you go on autopilot, you are um, in environmental hypnosis and you missed your turnoff. Or you get home and you're like, how the hell did I get here? I don't remember the trip. Then you start to get scared, like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? That's environmental hypnosis. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you in a minute how to get out of it. The other time in which we tend to go into environmental hypnosis is when we go shopping. Oh God, they get you with the shopping and the colors. If you're colorblind, you're probably not as suggestible. But if you like the pretty shiny objects like I do, and you love those bright, amazing colors, and the end caps are always so interesting at the grocery store or at Target or department stores, Target, my dad used to call Target. <laughs> We're going to the French store. Where? Target. It's like, dad, that's not French. He's like, yeah, I know, but it sounds fancy. <laughs> but if you go to a store and your plan was to go buy two things and or three things and you're going to spend 20 minutes, no more, no more than 15, 20 minutes and three and a half hours later, you've just spent 150 to $200 and you went for like freaking Q-tips or something, you know, you know, box of Kleenex or you know, a bar of soap and then suddenly your whole basket is filled and you don't know what the hell just happened to your time and now you're spending all this money. See, the music is meant to mesmerize you, hypnotize you, the pretty colors, the end caps, the busy nature and the vibration of those freaking insidious lights, those, um, oh, those overhead, they're so bright, those horrible horrible neon fluorescent lights 
all of that is created to put you into a state of natural environmental hypnosis. It induces it and then they talk about their specials and then people come and they see that you're kind of into looking at something and then they'll go, can I help you find anything? And it's all super insidious. <laughs> but that's when you're in a natural state of hypnosis. Now I said that there's four times. The fourth time is the last 15 minutes before you go to bed. Now, depending on what you feed your mind at the end of the day, when you lay your head first on your pillow, that's going to determine how your life goes. That is the seat of the law of attraction. As far as I'm concerned, you go to bed at night and you say, thank you, God, for giving me the house of my dreams. And you close your eyes and you're in that mansion. <laughs> and you're grateful you have that mansion. You might be living in a damn shack in the forest. But you keep thinking that you're going to get your mansion. <laughs> it's that simple. Thank you, God, for bringing me the love of my life. I'm so glad he's here to put his arms around me and I'm here to hold his hand or her hand. Um, depending on, you know, your, what you hope to have in your life. Thank you for the true love, whatever. If you do that for the last 15 minutes of your, of your day, every day, you're going to program your life in the most amazing ways. Now there's several kinds of hypnosis. That's one <laughs> when you're natural environmental hypnosis and you know, before you sleep and when you first wake up, you can program your own mind. You don't need to pay someone. You can do it yourself. The other way is you can go on YouTube and maybe find a hypnosis um, video and you can program yourself. It's called self-hypnosis when you listen to somebody else on a tape or a pre-recorded thing because you're doing it for yourself by yourself and a therapist isn't in the room in live time to guide you. That's still self-hypnosis. Or you can do self-hypnosis by recording your own script for yourself. Put yourself into state of trance. If you're a meditator, you're going to know how to do this. You can do this for the last 15 minutes of your day. You know, I'm so happy and grateful now that I've got my hot BMW. <laughs> I am so grateful and happy that I was accepted to that PhD doctoral program. You know, that kind of thing. So whatever it is that you want, your goals, your dreams. I'm so happy and grateful now that I've lost um, or no, actually you wouldn't say lost the weight. You have to say, I'm so ha happy and grateful now that I'm size six or whatever size you want. So, you know, you can figure it out, but you can, you know, memorize, memorize, mesmerize yourself, memorize yourself, mesmer, <laughs> hypnotize yourself, um, in those times. Now, when you are in environmental hypnosis, the best way to get out of it. And I suggest that you always get out of it. You don't want people to manipulate you. It's just, it's just not fair, not fair to you. So what I do and what I train all of my clients to do is put your hand in a fist in front of your body, put your arms straight out in front of your chest, in front of your heart chakra. And you look at the back of your hand and you say, one, two, three, four, and then you open your hand just really rapidly and you say 
five as you look at your five fingers opened your hand palm facing away from you fingers open you say five eyes open wide wide awake take a deep breath and then you could tell when you're in environmental hypnosis you look at yourself in the mirror your eyes will be glazed over like you've been smoking the best ganja of your life (laughs) When your eyes glaze over like a donut, I know you're in hypnosis. (laughs) So that's what you do, though. When you feel yourself going to environmental hypnosis while you're driving and when you get distracted easily and um, you just feel like your mind is is not 100% concentrated and not your own, that's when you hold your fist out. One, two, three, four, five. Open your fingers. Five. Eyes open wide, wide awake. I am awake. Say that. I am awake. Helps for the ascension too. I am awake. (laughs) If you want to be cool, you say, I am woke. (laughs) That's a whole nother thing though. That's a political thing. So hypnosis has been used for many, many things. I have used it to help people um, overcome physical difficulties and anxiety, paranoia, insomnia, um, extreme stress, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. I worked with a psychiatrist for my very first patient straight out the gate. He was seriously suicidal and then he became homicidal and he threatened to kill me my very first session with him. (laughs) So I cut my teeth on a really hard one. He, this guy, this this guy's case was very, very hard. Not could talk about the person, but um, I went to the <laughs> the person running the school, George, and I'm like, hey, George. Um, so <laughs> my client is suicidal and homicidal. He's like, get out of there, get out of there. What the hell are you doing? I'm like, I, I want the challenge, and he's like, if you want the challenge, you've got my blessing, but you've got to work with the psychiatrist. So I worked with a psychiatrist, his psychologist, and he eventually, after several uh, times with me, he no longer wanted to do hypnosis and he went to a palm reader. (laughs) You can't help everybody. Not everybody wishes to be helped. So that was what I learned. That was my very first client. I'm like, oh my God. After that, it was pretty easy. People wanted past life regression. So I have taken people into past lives many, many times. I will look at a problem that somebody has and I'll say, well, what does it come from? And we'll put you in hypnosis. If it doesn't come from something now, maybe came from another life. So if the person's open to that, then we will explore, you know, reincarnation. as a way of looking at because we have in our Akash and our DNA I mean I I go the full gamut I run the full gamut in my or have in the past in my um, practice I was always working with people with their Akash their DNA reincarnation um, whatever it takes because like you know um, my teacher told me if it's real then let's fix it if it's not real but they believe it's real doesn't matter now the subconscious mind does not know the difference between fact and fantasy and hypnotherapy is not allowed as far as um, 
court cases are concerned. So if you think you're going to uncover some memory and bring that to a court to prove so-and-so did something to you, not going to happen. It will not be admissible. It will never, ever, ever be admissible in court because the subconscious mind is 86% of the mind and the conscious mind is 12%. And the subconscious mind does not know the difference between fact and fantasy, which is why and how the law of attraction works. If you could take all the negatives inside your subconscious mind that say things like you're homeless or you're never going to amount to anything or you don't deserve a house and you could turn all those negatives and put them in and put a line up and down and make them into positives, what will happen is by sheer positivity and law of attraction, you're going to change your subconscious mind to draw and attract almost mesmerize or magnetically draw to you every single thing that you wish, everything your little heart desires will be yours. If you can just turn all the negatives in your subconscious mind to positives. And so that's what I do as a hypnotherapist. I've gone to people's houses for a while. I had a practice in Grass Valley. And then later when I moved to Paradise, I had a roving hypnotherapy practice. I literally was the hypnotherapist that made house calls. And I went to many different people's homes and sometimes to their place of work after hours would sit in the offices or at the schools. I I saw a teacher who was at the high school in paradise and I just I drove all over the place and I would go to great lengths for my clients and I had um, even a woman over the phone called me all the way from Sacramento and I've um, I've done many phone sessions usually I is I prefer in person but um, I've helped with a lot of things I've seen some miracles I saw a woman who told me she had a stroke and can't move her leg. I saw her move her leg in hypnosis. And afterwards she said, told you I couldn't move my leg. And I just went, well, yep, you're right. I wasn't about to tell her that she was faking it. (laughs) I proved it to myself. She wasn't, that she was faking it, that she wasn't really paralyzed. But she had a thing called secondary gain. And I always look for secondary gain in my clients. You know, um, her secondary gain of not wanting or wanting or she didn't want to walk because then she would have to move to a smaller house and therefore less housework. She was tired. She was old. She gained a lot of weight. She wasn't um, feeling good. And it was overwhelming to her to live in such a huge house. And when the prospect came up of, oh, well, now we have to sell the house because you can't take care of it. She was absolutely overjoyed and elated and she moved to a smaller house and became very happy when she simplified her life. And that was her secondary gain because she couldn't bring herself to admit that she wanted her world different. She wanted to live a different life. And so she was able to blame her illness (laughs) rather than tell the truth of how she truly felt. And it was all subconscious. She wasn't even aware of any of it. She truly believed what she told me. Oh, I definitely can't move. I'm like, huh, that's funny. I saw her move her leg like she was kicking it. (laughs) I mean, it's funny. It's funny to know this stuff, but you can't ever tell your client that. So I didn't. I was, you know, always honoring and respecting my clients. But 
you know, it was hard because she didn't want, she had a child who had a dog and they had to get rid of the dog and she didn't like the dog and she couldn't tell him. And it was part of that. <laughs> it's funny. The secondary gain thing It's funny what the sub, what the subconscious mind does to us. I enjoyed it very, very much. I love my, my degree was in um, psychology and then my second degree was in clinical um, certified. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist. So basically clinical hypnosis is my, my secondary degree. And in that I got a bunch of other degrees. And, um, but for me, when I was um, in labor, my husband, especially the first time I was scared to death to have a baby. I was so scared of the pain. And my, my husband had hypnotized me many times before he also, we met, we fell in love in hypnosis school. So we were both trained and he told me that, um, every time I would start a, uh, contraction, I would fall into a deep state of hypnotic relaxation. <laughs> and so sure enough, I fell asleep after every contraction and it got, so my hypnosis was so strong that it stopped the labor and they had to induce it with oxytocin shots <laughs> and my labor was 26 hours long as a result so i mean it can be used for labor but you just can't over <laughs> you know we were experimenting and you know yeah sometimes it goes a little awry but um there are ways that you can stop pain in your body you can um stop habit i've seen people stop nail biting and of course smoking and losing weight and sometimes though the weight loss ones don't work when it's over 50 pounds you need to lose because now it's a medical condition usually holding you back but i've um witnessed um, people overcome bell's palsy and goiter um, using hypnosis but also in conjunction with the doctor so don't ever don't ever go to a hypnotherapist expecting that you're going to have miracles if you have a medical issue and you're not also working with a doctor. You know, it's like there's a time and place for everything and there's a way to work um, the magic of hypnosis. <laughs> but if you guys want to learn about hypnosis, again, go to Hypnosis Motivation Institute or HMI. It's called, you could look for it on, just do a regular Google search, you'll find it. It's a very famous school founded by Dr. Kappas. Gil Boyne had a school, um, God rest both of their souls. Gil Boyne was the other famous school in Los Angeles. And, um, my good friend, uh, <laughs> uh, my good friend went there and he became the number one hypnotherapist to do stage hypnosis in the United States. And he does a show in Las Vegas and, um, so you might have heard of him, Marshall Silver. <laughs> Last time I talked to him, he had had a son named, he, his wife had a baby and they named him Sterling, Sterling Silver, greatest name ever. But um, he became a billionaire with this. <laughs> and he's an amazing human being. He was extremely poor growing up so much so there was no room for him to live in his house and he had to live in a chicken coop out back. So that's, uh, <laughs> his mom told him that you're going to grow up and affect people and you're going to 
be on stage and affect millions of people and you're going to change their lives for the better. Don't ever listen to anything negative anyone tells you. Only listen to the positive within you. And she taught him <laughs> how to hypnotize himself and how to uh, use the law of attraction, even though she didn't know it was hypnosis or the law of attraction, but it worked. And Marshall is an amazing person. <laughs> in fact, the first time my kids and I um, saw him in Vegas, I already knew him from before. <laughs> and my and he's like, oh, Elena, how are you? And my, my youngest just looked at me and he goes, a billionaire knows your name? I'm like, yep. I know him very well. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. I think it's a past life thing more than anything. We haven't spent a lot of time together, but yeah, just one beetle recognizes another, as they say in Ireland. <laughs> it's an old world saying from Ireland. <laughs> but... I don't know if you guys want to um, tell all your friends about my podcast because I have decided that for every 1,000 people that favorite and subscribe and listen regularly to my podcast, for every 1,000 people, I am going to add a bonus track in addition to my daily podcast. I will automatically add a daily bonus track of hypnosis or creative visualization that will help you in your law of attraction <laughs> or in your, you know, attracting or magnetically attracting to you, whatever you want. Or, um, oh, what was the third one I was going to do? I was going to do creative visualization, creative visualization, hypnosis and, or meditation like a, you know, spiritual, uh, meditation. I'll take you on a journey. So for every thousand people that come to my show, to this podcast, just to listen to free, free, you can listen 24 hours a day, seven days a week, forever. As, as long as I have a say in it, this is going to be absolutely a free show. So, um, but I've decided that was something I'm, came up with today like I knew I was going to do it but I wasn't sure how and I'm thinking for every thousand people <laughs> so if I have a hundred thousand people you guys can have a, a hundred things to choose from I'm also going to do some very deep 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 spiritual uh, items that will be for sale on soulspeakradio.com so I haven't decided quite yet what that is if you are a sponsor for my show, and I have two, so these two beautiful souls are going to be able to um, have some of the secret ones <laughs> for free because they sponsor my show. So I also, I do have a new person who favorited my podcast today, and I forgot, I think it's called Oh, I can't remember. Confessions, is that it? Anyway, someone just, someone with the name Confessions of the Soul, I think. I'm sorry if I gave this name wrong. I wanted to say thank you for subscribing to my little podcast. We're still in the little beginning stages, but I never despise humble beginnings. I'm glad to have you on board. Thank you for being a listener, and thank you for favoring my podcast. My banner is up on witchschool.com already, so that's really exciting. 
I have a new ad coming out on the 11th, which is also the same day Mercury will be low on the horizon in the sky. Mercury, my ruling planet, so how fortuitous is that? I had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> I love the cosmic timing of all this, do you? Are you guys noticing the cosmic timing? I, uh, I love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening to my show tonight about hypnotherapy and hypnosis. <laughs> I hope that you uh, take this information and run with it and change your life in new and positive and beautiful ways. <laughs> That's all I could ever want for you. So, I guess that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Tomorrow we'll be back with all new and unique content like we are every day. If you wish to send me comments, suggestions, even praise, (laughs) I would be so happy. I'd be embarrassed. My face would turn a million times red. But anything you want to let me know or talk to me about, or maybe you're an author and you've got a book that you just are itching to tell the world about. If it's spiritual or metaphysical or has to do with health, I would love to interview you about it. Heard from Mason Adams. I I had him on the show a couple months ago, actually 40th episode, I believe. And he read his metaphysical poetry. So I would love to hear from you if you are an author, especially even if you have your own metaphysical podcast or spiritual podcast you know um there's room for all of us for all the light workers the way showers and the light warriors there is room literally for every single one of us here as our talents are way vast and varied and different and the world needs us all so if you want to drop me a line <laughs> have a suggestion for a future show and you don't want to be a guest but you just have an idea Hey, I want to hear about that. Hey, what do you know about this? If I don't know, I'll I'll research it. Or find somebody who could talk on a subject. (laughs) I'm open-minded, so I would love to hear from you. Also, if you want to donate, it's also my PayPal. So if you would like to donate to my little podcast, you may do so. Write me a line at metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. But now I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.